Amen. Good morning. When I was 13 years old, I was rocking around my neighborhood. Uh, I'm from a small town in the Northeast, uh, New York City. You may have heard of it. And the area I'm from is called Washington Heights, and a movie just came out. You might have seen it. But uh, I'm walking around this neighborhood, and it's a summer night. Um, I'm 13, and summers in New York City, man, they're vibrant. There's music, there's dance, there's food. And I'm with my buddy, and we're looking for something fun to do. And typically, when you're 13 and you're me, looking for fun means probably looking for trouble. But anyway, we're walking around, and there's this theater by my mom's apartment building that's still there. And we walk up towards it because there's a lot of young people walking out, uh, girls that are cute, guys that are cool, like myself at the time. And I walk up to this one gentleman who was just standing there, and I said, hey, who performed in the uh, concert venue today? And he said, oh, no, no, we just had church. I said, church? I began to kind of walk back. <laughs> I, I didn't want to engage in a church conversation. I did not grow up in church. I did not grow up religious. And so as I was kind of backpedaling, he kind of began walking towards me. This could have just been a moment where I inquired about church and he then told me and that's it. But this moment became an encounter. He didn't let me go. He began to tell me about the gospel of Jesus. He began to tell me about how as a young man, Jesus loves me and died for me and has a plan and purpose for my life. Church, if it was not for that man, his name is Gil, making that moment an encounter, I would not be standing before you today. If you're a note taker this morning, the title of my talk is A Walking Encounter. A Walking Encounter. <clears throat> As Christians, we have this great privilege of following a God that's alive, a God that moves, a God that speaks. Let me build some tension. Why is it? That we live our lives sometimes as if our God is dead, distant, and silent. Oh, he came to preach this morning. Y'all buckle up. I'm going to submit to you that God wants to encounter you. And not just that, but he wants to encounter you so that you can encounter others. There's two people in this room that I'm talking to. You're in this room, you're like, Manny, I've never had an encounter. Maybe you're online and you're saying, man, I'm tuning in. I've never encountered God. Cool. I'm happy you're here. Others of us, you grew up in church. <laughs> but you haven't been the church. I'm talking to you. There's two definitions of encounter. Number one, it's to unexpectedly experience or be faced with. And then number two is an unexpected or casual meeting with someone. Both of those definitions are in our text today. So if you have one of these uh, physical Bibles, go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. You can open it up in your technology. But I want to do some setup. At this point in our text, the church is hashtag booming. Okay. Jesus died and resurrected. And here's what's happening. The disciples encountered the resurrected Jesus. And because they encountered the resurrected Jesus, they then became an encounter to everybody. I mean, I can imagine those disciples were like, who wants this? Like, they were walking around Jerusalem, Judea, and I mean, just saying, who wants some of this God? So the way, which was Christianity before it was called Christianity, was growing. And there's a man named Saul in our text that he was not happy about it. Saul was a very religious man. He kept almost every Jewish law, and there were hundreds. He taught 
the law. He kept the law. He enforced the law. And y'all, this guy was holy and vicious. Uh, I want to say like this. He was as holy as our senior teaching pastor, Rick Ashley, and as gangsta as gangster rapper 50 Cent. Some of y'all know who that is. In one person. That's who we're learning about today. Acts chapter 9 and verse 1. Look what the Bible says. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up, go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. Friends, Damascus is about a six-day journey from Jerusalem. And the Bible says that as he was getting closer, he being Saul, this moment happened to him. It's fair to say that this kind of encounter with God is unique. Uh, I, I won't imagine that some of you uh, will be walking to your car after church this morning and suddenly hear a voice, Abby, Abby, or Carson, Carson, and then fall to your face, drop your Starbucks drink, and just be paralyzed. I won't imagine that's going to happen today. Maybe it will. He's God after all. But there's people under the sound of my voice that you're saying, oh, Manny, if only that would happen to me, I'll be all in. If only God would encounter me like that, oh, I will believe him forever. Bible scholars make it clear. This encounter for Saul was not cute. It was not funny. Uh, in church, I could say it like this. Saul uh, practically poo-pooed his pants. Um, he was petrified. The righteous holy God spoke to him, encountered him, Saul was blind. And so, what do we do? Saul definitely had a life-changing encounter with God. But what if your encounter with God hasn't looked like that? What do we do? For Saul, he went from asking in verse 5, who are you, Lord? To possibly realizing you are my Lord. And maybe that's you this morning. You've grown up in church and you're asking, is that Lord my Lord? Could it be that this God that I've been hearing and learning about my entire life be mine? Who is this God that Rick preaches about every week? Who is this God that the Bible speaks about that I have? It's crazy that like many of you, Saul was raised in this but still had a moment. He thought he was doing what God wanted him to do, but God was like, uh-uh. Friends, if Bible Jeopardy was a thing in Saul's time, Saul would have walked away with the million-dollar prize. I mean, easy breezy. He knew it all. What does this teach us? It teaches us, friends, that God doesn't only want to be learned about. He wants to be experienced. 
God doesn't just want us to learn his word. He wants us to live his word. This is teaching us that there's a difference between a moment and an encounter. I believe that God loves us so much. But he loves us too much to just keep us at a distance. I'll illustrate. Uh, my, my beautiful wife and I have been married four years now. And when we were just dating, I was, I was 19 years old and Instagram was popping. Uh, if you don't know what I mean, it was viral. It was good. Translation for slang there. And back then, you would post everything on Instagram. The meal you had, the meal you were about to have, the, the, the time you made the team, even when you didn't make the team, the outfit you wore, the outfit you didn't want. I mean everything. Imagine. I would scroll on Marlene's Instagram and learn about her through her activity instead of experiencing her in person. Friends, I would be a class one stalker. <laughs> God doesn't want stalkers. He loves you and then you're like, oh man, you're kind of exposing me this morning. It's okay because God loves you too much to keep you there. God wants to bring you closer. If you're a note taker, here's why. We serve a God of encounters. We serve a God of encounters. That changes everything. Let's keep reading in our text, Acts chapter 9, verse 10. The Bible says, now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. If you're in the room, say Ananias. It's a great name. The Lord spoke to him in a vision calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. Uh, can I take a moment real quick before we keep reading? When God speaks to Saul, what does Saul say? Who are you, Lord? When God speaks to Ananias, what does Ananias say? Yes, Lord. Watch this. The voice of God was familiar to Ananias. He didn't need to ask. Yes, Lord, I know that voice. This is the difference. I'm speaking to both of you. Maybe you're Saul, you're saying, who are you, Lord? Maybe you're Ananias, you're saying, yes, Lord. Let's keep reading. Verse 11. The Lord said, go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He's praying to me right now. I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. And he is authorized by the leading priests to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. Let's stop there for a second. got to unpack. This encounter that Ananias had is a lot more common. It happens all of the time. If you in this room or online are a follower of Jesus, hopefully you've heard the voice of God. If not, my prayer has been all week that you will hear the voice of God today. And that voice will become familiar to you. But, but Ananias keeps it real. If Ananias is from New York City, because I am, so that's how I read the Bible through my little ghetto lens, he would have said, yo, God, you bugging out, man. I don't know. I, yo, you tripping. I I, I'll do respect. You're talking about Saul? Do you remember who that is? Saul was the guy that was killing people like me for following you, and you want me to go to him? <laughs> High pitch and everything because he's nervous. No way. I'm not doing that. Can I be real this morning? That's some of us, isn't it? Let me explain. 
those of us that have experienced the saving grace of Jesus and have received the gift of the Holy Spirit, congratulations. You serve a living God that speaks, moves, and encounters people. But now, Ananias, in a moment, God is encountering him so that he could go and encounter someone. But sometimes those someone, those others, they're not the people that we want to be in proximity to, are they? Can I preach? Sometimes the people that God is calling us to, we're like, oh, uh-uh. That person doesn't vote like me. That person doesn't look like me. That person don't dress like me. They don't talk like me. They don't even belong here. I ain't going to them. Can I be real? And so what we say to God is, no, 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 God, I, I, don't, I think you got the wrong guy. And if we're not careful, we miss an opportunity for the miraculous to happen. Who are we to say no? Have we forgotten, church, that we were also dead in our sin before Jesus stepped in? Have we forgotten that before we were holier than thou Christians, we were lost without a sense of direction? Have we forgotten that we need saving too? If you're taking notes, write this down. All of us need an encounter. All of us need an encounter. Man, I don't care about your past in this room or online. I don't care if you're a felon. I don't care if you come from a different part of the world that I don't understand. I don't care if I don't know your culture or language. I want you to have an encounter with my God. I wish I was in a church that would say yes this morning, that would agree with this notion that, man, I may not know everything about everyone, but one thing I do know is that everyone needs an encounter with my God. I don't care who you are. I don't care. Friends, we don't do church because of tradition. And if you're in this morning, man, if you're in this room, you know we're in the South. I'm not from here and I'm learning quick, right? Almost five years. Church is just what we do in the South, isn't it? Traditionally, you grow up going to church, generally speaking. And if we're not careful, friends, what happens is we get used to the routine of church and punching in the religious time clock and we forget why church exists to begin with. Friends, the building does not exist for you to come and just feel good for a week. May I say, when I was 13 years old, I really believed that God only lived in a building. Can I build tension? Some of us have been in church our whole lives and we still live like God only lives in a building. I love you. That's why I'm saying it. If we really believed that the Holy Spirit lived on the inside of us and that greater is he that is in where? Me, than who is in the world. Man, we'll live different, won't we? We would leave the church and say, God, who can I speak to today because you're inside of me and I don't care how the enemy is out there roaring like a lion. I got the lion of Judah inside of me, baby. Hey, it hits a little different. But Manny is hard. I'm not used to that. It's difficult. It, it doesn't matter if you're good at, at talking to people or not. It doesn't matter if you're an introvert this morning or not. It doesn't matter if you like people or not. That, that's some of us. <laughs> None of those excuses are strong enough to stop you from being a walking encounter for someone else but you are strong enough to stop you. Do me a favor, if you're in the room at NRH, go ahead and just look around the room. 
It's not weird. We're all fam. Upstairs, downstairs, look around the room. There you go. We're making eye contact. Somebody like I said, oh, I haven't seen that person in two months. There you go. Hello. <laughs> look around. Thank you for doing it. Friends, we have walking encounters in our midst right now. We do. I'll prove it. Uh, one of our members, his name is Robert Smith. I've known him a, a good amount of time now. He gets a phone call just a few weeks ago, and it's his brother. And his brother said, man, I'm going through a hard time. Uh, can, can I come be in proximity? Robert Smith was like, yes, of course, come. So he comes and he starts living with Robert. And Robert does not have fancy words. Robert will tell you. Robert did not start quoting scripture. Robert will tell you. Robert did not change anything here, but he did. Robert just was. <laughs> Watch this. Robert was just being Robert to and around his brother. To the point that it wasn't long before his brother was like, man, okay, I, I want to do what you do. What do you do? Robert's like, I go to church. Nick, his brother, was like, okay, I'll come. And friends, because Robert chose to just be available and say, God, I want to be where you want me to be to whomever, Nick, his brother, came to church. And friends, just a couple weeks into coming to church, I have a picture for you. Nick and Robert were in the baptistry as Nick was giving his life to Jesus in front of all of you. Praise God. Thank you, God. I love you, Robert and Nick. It's amazing what will happen, not if we learn more or do more, but just become more. Become more aware of the God that's inside of you. Become more aware of the work that he's doing around you. Become more aware that if you got breath in your lungs, it's because God's not done. Can you become aware of that this morning? If you're taking notes, write this down. As followers of Jesus, we are called to be an encounter. All of us. We're all called to be an encounter. Friend, the encounter with God is what empowers you for others. Oh, the encounter leads us, leads us to ask God, who can I help today? Who can I bring closer to you today? Who can I go out of my way for as I'm going? Friends, the Great Commission. I'm, I'm speaking to the Christian right now. What's the Great Commission? Go, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. As you go, are we living this out, friends? Are we doing what Jesus called us to do? As you are going to work, as you are going. Friends, some of y'all are going to be around friends and family because it's the fourth and you're going to grow hot dogs and burgers. And they are far from God. And God has strategically placed you in their proximity today. What you going to do? What you going to do? Here's the good news. It's not on you. I didn't ask you to do more. I asked you, will you be aware of God? Just be aware. And walk into that grill out and say, okay, God, what do I say? Okay, God, what do I do? I love how Paul puts it in 1 Corinthians 1. He said, instead... God chose things the world considers foolish, me, in order to shame those who think they're wise. And he chose those that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. Listen to me. God brings the power to the moment. God brings the authority to your lips. God brings the atmosphere-shifting ability. Not you. Oh, you're a, you're a son and daughter of God. I love you, but it ain't about you, boo. It's good news. It's good news because now we can enter a moment and say, God, I want to decrease you, increase, let's do something. How exciting would it be for us to live life like that? 
oh, but Christianity is boring. I tell my teenagers all the time, you're boring. <laughs> you're boring. Christianity ain't boring. If you're following Jesus, you're living on mission every day. It's an adventure. It's incredible. Forget Six Flags. I'm a Christian. <laughs> and Ananias knew, friends, that if God was leading him to a moment, God was going to lead him through that moment. Let's see it. Verse 15, after Ananias was like, I don't know. Verse 15. But the Lord said, go. For Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings, as well as to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. Let's unpack real quick. Ananias, God is so generous to him because he has a moment where he's like, okay, God. Okay. And we need that, don't we, sometimes? <laughs> okay, God. If, you're if, you if you chose him, okay. All right. And God told Ananias, hey, what I'm going to do with Saul is he's going to go to the poor and to the wealthy. He's going to go to Jews and to Gentiles. He's going to go through some hard things for the sake of the gospel. So hear me. No, uh, not all of us are called to be Christian millionaires. I'm sorry. Uh, we don't preach a prosperity gospel here at the hills. We don't, we don't believe that God has called all of us uh, to, to have hashtag bread. Money, cash, cash. And for my teenagers in the room and watching online, no, God didn't call all of us to be social media famous and be a Christian influencer. Sorry. But God did call all of us, all of us, to be an encounter for others. <laughs> and that starts with an encounter with God. So let's finish the story. Verse 17. The Bible says, so Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul. Oh, somebody underline that, circle that, highlight that. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. Here's why I wanted you to underline, circle, highlight, brother Saul. You're listening to me this morning and you're saying, Manny, but I don't really know how. Tell me what to do today to be an encounter with my friends and family. How? What Ananias did, friends, he spoke identity over Saul that Saul didn't even believe yet. Listen to me. He called Saul brother. No. Saul's a murderer. Saul's the enemy. He's your opposition. And Ananias approached him and said, brother Saul, you want to know what to do today? Will you speak identity over someone before they believe it for themselves while you're hanging out with them? Today, can you go up to somebody and you know that person is far from God? You know that person is struggling. You know that person needs a word. Will you go up to them and say, hey, here's a promise of God. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Friends, he brings the power to the moment. If we really believe that the word of God is alive and sharp and moves and speaks, then all we got to do is speak it, don't we? The word does it. The power is there. And Ananias knew that. It's illogical sometimes, friends, being a walking encounter. It doesn't make any sense. But maybe Ananias understood 
that to live life to the fullest is not to trust what you think is right or good. Maybe Ananias understood life is living into the adventure with the Holy Spirit, whatever the Spirit wants. You're not wasting your life by giving it to God, friends. As a matter of fact, Jesus teaches us, right? Oh, you want to save your life? Lose it. What? <laughs> you want to lose your life? Try to save it. Friends, Jesus knew <laughs> that without him, we are lost. We have no hope. But oh, with him, if we could just take our life and say, God, will you have it? He knew that not only will he save it, but man would it be an adventure living with him. Man would it be an adventure. Jesus is the good shepherd that Saul needed in that moment. Jesus is the healer that Saul needed in order to get his sight back. Jesus is the savior that redeemed Saul. And the same is available to us. One of my favorite verses in scripture, Luke chapter 10, verse 27, it says, and we know it, right? The greatest command is to what? Love God with all our heart, mind, body, soul. I mean, everything. And then what? To love our neighbor like ourselves. Do that. And you'll be a walking encounter. But, but, but some of us, remember, there's two kinds of people. Some of us were like, we haven't encountered yet. And so, uh, Manny, because I haven't encountered God, I don't love God. I'm not going to love others. And if I'm real this morning, Manny, I don't even love me. Can I be real? If we do not see ourselves the way God sees us through the lens of beauty, how can we love even this? It takes us leaning into who God says about us so we can love others, love God, and yes, even love ourselves. Life is worth living again when you say yes to being a walking encounter. Life is filled with purpose again when you say yes to being a walking encounter. Friends, we are all here because someone was a walking encounter for us. Think about it. Even if you were literally born in the baptistry, somebody walked you and pointed you to Jesus every single day. Your parent, your pastor, your friend or classmate, someone was saying, look at Jesus, go towards Jesus. We can't do this on our own. And so therefore, something shifts in us when we become aware of this reality, wow, I'm here because someone did it for me. How dare I not even be available or willing to be that for others? I love how uh, this guy named Paul puts it. Uh, Saul has his encounter with God. It was amazing. And then God is generous and changes his name. I was hoping God will give Saul an, like a very different name like Enrique. Um, Emmanuel even. I'm biased. Saul receives a new name. And God was not creative. He just replaced the S for a P and named him Paul. <laughs> it's okay. It'll work. And so now Paul, because he's a Christian and he's following Jesus, he writes this to the church in Galatia. This is beautiful. Look at this. Galatians 1, 13. You know what I was like when I followed the Jewish religion? That'll preach. You know what I used to be like? How I violently persecuted God's church, I did my best to destroy it. I was far ahead of my fellow Jews in my zeal for the traditions of my ancestors. But even before I was born, God chose me 
and he called me by his marvelous grace. Then it pleased him to reveal his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. Friends, here's the point. Jesus is the ultimate walking encounter. If you walk out of here this morning and you say, I, Manny, I still don't know how to be an encounter. I don't even know how to have one. Will you hear me say that Jesus put on flesh and bones, left heaven, lived the life that you could never live, died the death that you should have died, and he didn't stop there. He raises from the grave and then he says, I'm going to give you my spirit. Why? Not so you could just use it in church once a week. Not just so that you can be comforted when you're going through hard times, but rather so that you can go be the church. Be a walking encounter for others. He loves you that much that he wants you to be a part of the greatest rescue mission of all time. I have a one and a half year old and man, just thinking about him gets me emotional. I want the best for my boy. And a part of wanting the best for my boy is wanting him to live a life that's greater than himself. To live for a worthy cause that once he's dead and gone and forgotten, the impact that he had will remain. I hope that's you this morning. Before you were born, God chose you and called you to experience him intimately and invite others to do the same. Several years ago, I was back in New York City. I had already moved here and I'm a Christian now. But I'm walking around kind of the same area that I was back when I was 13. And I was going to a concert to listen to Christian music this time. And... I go in there, the concert was awesome. I step out to cool off, it was hot. And something told me, go pray for that person. Uh, may I submit to you, something is the Holy Spirit's nickname. <laughs> Caught that? If it aligns with God's word, if something is telling you to do something, if you feel something on the inside of you, oh, God doesn't speak to me. No, 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 you're just not aware, he's been speaking. You're giving the credit of something, but really it was someone the whole time, but don't distract me. Let's go. <laughs> something tells me to do that. And it's New York City. It's a summer. I'm like, you don't do, we don't do that. We don't go to pray for people. It's not the South. We don't do that. But I just, I can't shake it. I'm like, I, I ah. Friends, sometimes being a walking encounter is scary and awkward and weird. And you hesitate. There's going to be some of you today. God's going to be prompting you. You're going to be like, oh, I don't want to like be religious or on hot dogs. How do I lean in, lean in, lean in now, lean in. And so at about 16, 17 years old, I said, okay, I go up to the guy. I said, man, can I pray for you? Thank God he said yes. And so I prayed. I don't know what I said. I still didn't have fancy words. And we said amen. Friends, this was a moment in my life where I became what Gil was to me for someone else. I became what Ananias was for Saul for someone else. Some of you in this room, you are Saul. You are me at 13. You're like, I'm far from God. I don't know. I just need an encounter. I see you. It's going to happen today. 
Others of us were like, man, I've been playing church too long, Manny. I'm done. I want to be activated. Cool. Lean in. Here's what I want us to do. The first question is, do you want to have an encounter with God? I hope the answer is yes. The second question is, I want to be an encounter for others. I hope the, the answer is yes. On three, I'm going to count to three. And if that's true of you, if your answer is yes to either of those questions, I want you to just say it on three. That's it. If it's not true, don't say it. If it is true, say it. Let's try it. One, two, three. Let's pray. God, you heard our yes this morning. I got a lot of us, man, we honestly, some of us just said yes because it was a moment thing. But God, will you honor that yes? Will you honor that desire to encounter you, God? And for the rest of us, will you, will you honor that desire to be encountered by you so that we can encounter others for you? We gave you our yes, God. And we know that if you are with us, nothing or no one can be against us. And we know, God, that one moment with you is better than a lifetime of moments with anybody else. Because a moment with you, God, is not just a moment. It's an encounter. We love you, God. We need you. We look to you. Encounter us today in Jesus' name. And everybody said.